Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You, and happy 2022. I mean, I guess we can still say that this second week of January, right? Hey, listen, I want to say a special welcome to all of you guys who are tuning in maybe for the first time today. Um, really, really glad to have you here. And also a hugely special welcome to all of you guys who've been faithful listeners over the last 100 plus episodes. I'm just so thankful for all of you um, showing up week after week. It means so much. So today we're going to do a little bit of a part two from last week's episode. Last week we talked about the difference between ideals and goals. One of the things we talked about was just understanding that ideals are better to serve you as anchoring points into the future, not necessarily as goals in and of themselves. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I just encourage you to pause this one and go ahead and listen to that because it really kind of sets the stage for what we're talking about today. And today I want to talk about accurate goal setting and I want to talk about how we can set goals that we can actually achieve. Now, you know, for some of you guys, you might be saying, well, what kind of goals am I going to set? Uh, I'm not trying to achieve anything major in my life. And I would encourage you to set some goals, even if they are relational goals, even if they're, uh, you know, in your marriage or with your kids, those types of things, because the reality is that we all need vision in our lives, right? We know this scripture, we've, we've memorized it hundreds of times, that without vision, people perish. And the reason is because all of us need something to look forward to. All of us need a standard that we're trying to become. Of course, Jesus is that standard for us, but that can be a pretty broad statement, right? What does that even mean to say Jesus is our standard? When we break it down, it has a thousand different applications. So today we're kind of exploring accurate goal setting, how to set some goals that you can actually truly achieve. And uh, I, I want to just do a quick review. So we talked about ideals, right? Ideals and goals are not the same thing. Ideals are sort of the thing that our imagination draws us to that is our, it's sort of like wishful thinking. It's what we wish we could become. And here's the kicker about ideals. I didn't say this last week, but it, it very much applies. Ideals are usually rooted in the image of something that we have actually experienced, so let me give it to you in kind of a silly example. The first time that my family went to Disney World as a parent, right? Uh, I went as a kid, but um, the first time we took our kids to Disney World, my parents blessed us with a trip. They said, hey, we want to take our uh, you know, grandson and granddaughter to Disney. You guys want to go? And I'm like, of course, you know, sign me up. And my dad had a very incredible job and he was not yet retired. So he was kind of in that sweet spot of um, what I would assume is a sweet spot where all of your kids are adults. They don't really need something financially from you. And so you have some extra fun money, right? So in being the fun grandpa, my dad uh, rented us a room on the concierge floor at the hotel. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the concierge floor. It's usually this like password protected, key card protected level on a hotel 
hotel where they have basically a, a, a little food area for you. They usually have an attendant that's there to help answer any questions and, you know, make reservations, a kind of a concierge for you. And they've got this open area where there's just free flowing food pretty much all day long. I've been able to, I've had the privilege of staying at a couple different concierge floors over the course of my life. It's not a regular thing, although wouldn't that be amazing? Um, but you know, they'll serve like appetizers, they'll serve desserts, they'll have like candy, they've got drinks and stuff, uh, just a, a stocked fridge for you to just go grab from. It's a really cool experience. So on this particular trip to Disney, this was back, I don't know, 10 plus years ago. And we were on the concierge floor and we would go have this incredible time at the parks. We'd come back to the hotel and just peruse the dessert bar while the fireworks at one of the parks was going off that you could see from the window of this place. It was idyllic in every sense of the word. Now, I wasn't footing the bill, so I can't really vouch for was it worth the price, but it was worth it in my mind, right? My husband and I, we had just the best trip. That trip has become an ideal to us. It would be so amazing to recreate that. That That's something that we maybe aspire to when we go back to Disney. And if you follow me on social media, you know we love going back to Disney. But the challenge is that that ideal really cannot happen as a goal without a tremendous amount of work. Number one, the financial component. Number two, I only had two children and one of them couldn't walk. And so uh, that, you know, she was like 13 months old. She wasn't walking yet. And, and that changes the dynamic of things, right? The feeling that we had coming back from the parks, having explored all of this stuff, it was like this, this genuine idyllic feeling that I'm not sure we will ever have again. <laughs> if I make that ideal the thing I'm trying to fulfill every time I take my kids to Disney, for example, I'm going to come up short every time. Why? Because the circumstances around that trip, what made it what it was, cannot be replicated in my life. Let me give you a different example about ideals. When I lived in Waco, Texas, before we had kids, we uh, served in the youth ministry at our church there. And the youth ministry was pretty large. We had about 150 or so students in it. And we had about 25 mostly college age volunteers who helped lead the youth ministry with us. So as that grew, my husband and I started a small group for the youth volunteers. There was about 15 of them, similar ages. Uh, several of them actually came to live with us at different points in time. And we had this, this idyllic community. None of them were really married. My husband and I were the only ones that were married. None of them had kids, of course. It was like this window in time where we were all each other had. We were serving in the same ministry. Our lives were completely engrossed with each other. And it was a beautiful acts to community. If I set that standard as what I want to see in every community that I'm going to build, I'm going to be seriously mistaken, first and foremost, because now I have four kids who demand and want my time and attention. They have their own social lives. Just, just by the nature of the season we're in, we don't have as much time as we did then. So this is why understanding ideals versus goals is so important, because if the ideal is to go back to something we've already experienced and recreate it, 
we're just very rarely going to ever see that happen. This is why ideals are like the horizon. We're never going to really get them, but they can anchor us in the direction that we want to go. So I can use that time in Waco, Texas, and I can say, okay, what is the things that are anchoring me? What are the things that are anchoring me? Well, number one, there was a, a devotion in the people to a common cause. Okay, well, that's something we can achieve for, right? There was uh, um, a willingness to be together even in our downtime. Okay, that's something we can aspire to. But, but those are the goals I can extrapolate from the ideal. So this is why, again, I'm clarifying this. Goals are actionable things that you can actually achieve. You can take action on them. Our goals need to be things that actually matter to us. So if you want to be a goal crusher, if you want to be the kind of person who's actually perpetually growing, that's essentially what we're talking about here, right? Living a life that's perpetually growing into the image of Christ. So how do we do that? Well, we have to look into the future and say, what do we want to become? Who are we today and where is God leading us? I've spent so many episodes on this podcast basically talking about this without talking about the strategy behind what I've been doing. So I guess today is a little bit of a a Wizard of Oz moment where we're peeling back the curtain and and you're going to get to see how do you break this down on a very fundamental, practical level. Your goals need to be things that actually matter to you. They, they need to be things that you actually want to achieve in your life. Otherwise, they're just wishful thinking, right? I could say to myself, okay, I, my goal is to have my pre-baby weight, which is, is it makes me want to laugh anyway, because I'm not sure that's possible on a number of levels. Now, of course, fundamentally it's possible. But the reason why I say I'm not sure it's possible is because I don't actually want to achieve that right? There would be no real satisfaction to me. Now, do I want to be healthier? Of course. But is there like a set number on the scale that I feel like I have to achieve and therefore all other attempts at being healthy are futile? No. So that goal for me is not one that matters. I have to pick a different one that's going to to inspire me and motivate change. For me, that is treating my body like the temple of God, That is making sure that I'm setting myself up for a long and healthy life. I don't want to be someone who in my 60s has chronic health conditions because of the choices that I'm making now. That's a goal I can get behind. So it has to be something that matters to you. When you're looking at your goals that you've been setting for 2022, I just highly recommend that you take a moment and actually get honest with yourself. Is this a goal that matters to you? Or is it a goal that other people you're inspired by are doing and therefore you you think maybe you should do it as well? I mean, honestly, if we're being truthfully, truthfully honest, then maybe some of those goals are not things that actually matter to us. So accurate goal setting, number one, we're making sure the goals we're setting actually matter. Number two, the number two thing you have to do is does this goal matter to God? Does it matter to the Lord? Well, why does that matter? You guys, God is authoring and perfecting your life. You know this, right? He is orchestrating your life. And sometimes we can set goals that are not in line with where the Lord is leading us in this moment. Here's an example. Maybe I might set a goal that I want to save X amount of dollars in my savings account. I want to have, let's say, like uh, industry standards would say, you know, if you own your own business, you should have six months operating budget in the bank um, in, in the bank account, you know. So let's just say that just for, for easeability. So my goal would be to have six months of an operating budget sitting in my bank account as a savings. Okay. But if that's not what God is saying, 
for my business. If God is not saying, you know, store up for a rainy day, God is saying invest into something else, for example, well, then I'm going to have a really hard time achieving that goal because the grace of God is not on that goal. What do I mean by that? When you step into an assignment from the Lord, whether that is a relationship, a role, a, a, um, uh, even a, like setting your heart on a goal that you're moving towards, there is a grace that God gives to empower you to do that. But he does not dole out the graces like raindrops. You can't just pick and take it for something that you want to see happen. He orchestrates it according to his will, his purpose, his timing, etc. Here's an example. When I was not a senior pastor, before I became a senior pastor, I had all these thoughts about how I could do it better. Now, I'm just being honest with you, okay? Uh, And I'm sure some of you guys listening have had these thoughts too. Like you think, oh, if I was the pastor, I wouldn't do it like that. Oh, if I was, you know, the leader of this group, I wouldn't blah, blah, blah. Some of us, we just are prone to think like this. When I became a senior pastor, there was a grace from God that came on me that I cannot explain to you in, in a short amount of time. There is like, there's an empowerment. The best way I can say it is there's an empowerment from God to do the assignment that he says. One of the best ways to explain this is people who volunteer in youth ministry or kids ministries. There is a grace that comes upon them to do that. And everybody else in the church is saying, oh my gosh, you couldn't pay me to do that job. And those people are are loving it. They're enjoying it. What's the difference? There is a grace to empower them for the assignment that's on their life. If you want to crush your goals and grow, you want to make sure that God is is in favor of the goals that you are setting. I'm going to break this down in a second. That's probably not the most balanced way to say it. But your goals need to matter to God because you want to be stepping into the grace of God that is assigned for that area of your growth. Let's just be honest for a second. Health, wellness, relational wholeness, these are things that do matter to God. So we're not saying that God doesn't care about certain types of goals or you know, maybe he wants you to, to be healthy, but he doesn't care about your finances. That's not true. God actually can empower whatever goal he puts on your heart. But you want to make sure that what you are setting your mind to matters to God because you will be able to fulfill it when you have the empowerment uh, with you. I've experienced this in so many areas of my life, um, you know, and, and it's become a pattern and a routine for me, and I hope for you as well, to take some time, maybe two or three times a year, and just ask the Lord, am I being obedient to the things you've asked me to do? What are the goals that are on your heart for me? Where are you wanting me to rise into? And when I press in and receive that from the Lord, it's it's like this empowerment comes on me to be able to do it. Does it make it easy? Not necessarily. <laughs> I'm not saying that the grace makes it easy. The grace allows you to endure the process of fulfilling the word of the Lord. So I guess the real question would be, have you asked the Lord, what are the goals that are on his heart for you? What are the things that he's wanting you to adapt and and embody and embrace as you move forward into his likeness? Again, God often sets goals that are different from the ones that we want to set. Uh, I remember one season of my life, I was really focused on um, outward fruit. I was trying to bear fruit in a particular area. And the Lord really was indifferent towards that because he wanted me to bear fruit inside of my heart. 
There was a, a book I came across called Relational Intelligence. The Lord dropped it in my lap literally. And it was like when I, I think I saw a post on Instagram and I had this like lightning bolt experience in my heart where the Lord said, you need that book. And I'm like, I don't want to read a book on relationships, Lord. I, I want to bear fruit over here in this area. Can't you see all my efforts are are over here trying to do this? You know, we're pushing, we're pushing, we're pushing. And God goes, well, I'm not in that. I'm over here in what I'm going to give to you in this book. So, of course, I surrendered to his will. I pick up that book. I read it, and it revolutionized my thinking. Probably not anything that anybody else could tell or see or experience, but in my heart, it brought about a wholeness. And here's what's interesting. Because that was what was important to God in the timing that was important to God, when I fulfilled that thing that he had put grace on, it actually allowed me to move forward in the other areas that I wanted to be in, But the thing about God's wisdom is he sees the broken parts that are going to actually work against you when you get the thing you're trying to goal crush. And so he, he has to be a part of how we strategize and plan our personal growth, because if he's not, then we end up not being um, as strong as we should be in the developing process. So we need to, we need to, you know, identify if, if the goals that we're setting actually matter to ourselves, and we need to identify if they matter to the Lord. The third thing that you can do is ask God about his timing, right? Is this the right time for me to go in on this? Well, this is a, a tricky question, and I just want to say to you, if you cannot stop thinking about it, it's probably the right time. If it's, you know, coming up in your mind and you're trying to lay it down, it's probably the right time. See, sometimes we we over-spiritualize and we make it too complicated, the timing of the Lord and this kind of thing. God is so faithful. You cannot move him when he doesn't want to be moved. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but if you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can pray fast, you know, tambourine in a circle, whatever. And if God is saying no, it's just a no. It's just how it is. And you're going to know that in your spirit if you're actually listening to him. So those are the three uh, three ways we can set accurate goals. I'm not giving you the, the the guide rails of what the goal should be because honestly, that's so different from, from person to person. But I do want to end by saying this. I think it's really important that we learn to dedicate our goals to the Lord and to ask for his guidance in fulfilling them. So in our business, for example, we have goals in our businesses. You know, we we like to plan with the Lord probably about twice a year, I think is usually what it t- comes out to be. It's not like a, oh, it's January 2nd, let's do it kind of thing. It's just a, a rhythm thing that we lean into where about twice a year, my husband and I sit down and we start thinking through, okay, where have we come? Sort of like the gap in the gain thing, right? Where have we come from? What have we been learning? Where is God taking us? And then what kind of goals can we fix our eyes to, to move forward in that? The reason why I even talk about this is because there's something really profound when we apply our faith to God's goals. Our faith is kind of like the hook on the end of a fishing line. We're throwing it out into the future and, and, or maybe a grappling hook might be a better imagery. We're shooting it out into the future and it's going to lock on to the person of Jesus and it's going to draw us toward the thing that God has been asking us to, to do, fulfill, etc. And so our faith becomes this anchoring thing that, that keeps us focused and moving forward. Our hope becomes this thing that that allows us to continue to believe in the vision that God set. For some of you, you might be saying, well, what if I'm not right? What if it's not the vision that God set? Look, I've been wrong more times than I would care to admit. But the truth is that when I'm wrong, eventually I figure it out. 
<laughs> right? Like, like most of us are not just delusionally continuing to beat our head against a wall that God is not behind. When we're asking the Lord, when we're searching his heart, when we're asking him to search our own heart, he brings us into these moments where we start realizing maybe this is not the Lord. I thought it was, but maybe it wasn't. When we trust God, our trust understands that even if we are straying a little bit off point, you know, even a little bit off the, the, the degree of center, that he's going to pull us back into the right place because he wants that for you. He loves that for you. So we have to trust that God is, is helping us in this. This is why I believe dedicating our goals to the Lord is so important. It's kind of like a circle. Can you see that? We begin with asking the Lord, what are your goals? We sort it out. Is this something I want to do? You know, we, we work all this through all the things I've just been talking about. And then we end back with the Lord, dedicating the process to him. God, I'm giving this journey to you. And I recognize that who you're making me into through the pursuit of this goal is worth more than fulfilling the thing itself. And uh, it's a really, really beautiful process that I actually believe all of us should be going through. So I know this was a little bit of a different episode today, but I really felt from the Lord that um, it would be a good follow-up from last week to just kind of talk about some of the practical sides of it. I hope this was helpful for you. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.